Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's Message of Hope on KBOR News Radio, 993 FM and 1490 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. We hope that this week's message helps you grow in your faith and share God's love. This week, our senior pastor, Dave Yonker, continues our sermon series, Welcome Home, Becoming a Church Worthy of the Gospel, with scripture from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, titled Unity. Stay tuned after the message for music and to learn more about First Christian Church of Burlington. thanks to God for many gifts and blessings in our life. We give thanks to God for Derek Murphy and for wonderful special music and worship here today. And we give thanks that God hears us and answers us when we offer our lives over to him. And so we offer our hearts and minds over to God now in prayer. Let us pray. O God of love and mercy, you have called us and all your children into one family through the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. By his gracious presence, we look with new eyes at the whole human family in its joy and sorrow, its brokenness and pain. We seek your strength and determination to embrace all those who need your love, to embrace them and love them and heal them, and share with them your great good news of hope and new life. We give you thanks, O God, for all of your gifts to us, for daily bread, for health, and for each breath that we take, and for all the gifts of your word and power and love. O God, our hearts are truly overwhelmed when we consider how much you have entrusted to us. And so we pray that we may live lives worthy of that trust you have given to us, that we may be a people who are unafraid to live as fully and richly as you want us to. Help us, O God, as followers of Christ, to multiply all you have given to us, to risk spreading your word and to gamble by loving those whom others deem unworthy, to take chances by doing good, to those who have not done good to us first. Help us to be faith-filled kind of people and to desire to increase your glory and goodness in this world. For you have called us to be united together with our many and various gifts and talents. And so make us a people who share both in word and deed all that you have given to us. In the midst of these prayers, O God, we pray that you might hear us as we lift to you those in our lives and community of faith, those deepest needs and pressing burdens, our fears and hope. Be with those in our circle of friendship that we've been praying for and thinking about in these past few days, those recovering from surgeries and illnesses, those suffering pain and those in hospital beds and care centers. We pray for the lonely and the despairing, for the lost and the worn and the battered of our world. We lift you, O God, at those people and places that we never speak aloud, but that you know, because you listen to those quiet places inside of our heart. 
Minister by your Spirit to us, O God, and through us. And be with all those that we lift to you. And help us all to walk faithfully in the path of your Lord, our Lord, Jesus Christ. And so we offer our prayers and petitions to you in the name of Christ. And we join our voices together now by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. A scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. We invite the Spirit of God to be upon us as we hear God's word read in the midst of worship today. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro, blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, We must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for it. We are continuing our Welcome Home sermon series here today. We know there are places in our life where we simply feel at home. We can be who we want to be. We can act how we want to act. We don't have to put on any airs. We don't have to be on. We can take off our work clothes and not think about work things and let all the business of our daily life, all the phone calls and texts and emails, we can let them lay for another day. We can be at our most relaxed and comfortable and not have to worry about what anyone else thinks about us and what we say and do because we are home. 
We are loved exactly for who we are. We are loved exactly as we are because we are home. Wherever that place is in your life, there is no place like it. And so if you've been here over the past few weeks in this series, we have been reading through the book of Ephesians together and learning about how in Jesus Christ we are welcomed home. We are brought together, called to be one church, one body with all of our parts and functions and ability. We are one in Jesus Christ together. We are at home in him together. And so if you've been here over the past couple of weeks, you know, as we've been reading through Ephesians, we have heard some pretty heady stuff, some kind of pie in the sky kind of stuff. Like, wouldn't it be great if we all lived for Christ like this, if we all followed him, if we all realized that we are all called and blessed in God's love, Jews and Gentiles, Paul says, slaves and free men and women, everyone together. We've been talking about, wouldn't it be great if if this was a reality the past few weeks? And now finally, here today we get to the practical application, the hands-on. If you want to live for Christ, this is how you do it. This part of the book of Ephesians is less theological textbook that puts all of us to sleep. And this is much more owner's manual. How do you change the oil? Where does, where does the gas go in the car? That kind of thing. This is a hands-on part of the book of Ephesians. And so we heard the reading. Paul says we're called to live in unity. And so he gives us a list. Some of us are called to be pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. If he was making that list today, he would say some of us are called by God to be factory workers, some musicians, some artists, some cookie bakers, some coffee preparers. Some of us are called to speak. Some of us are called to pray. Some of us, God bless us, are the worker bees behind the scenes doing the work of the Lord. And Paul says for the world to function as it should, for the church to to function as it should. All the moving pieces have to be working in harmony together, united in Jesus Christ, united together in the faith. That's the ideal. Now, whenever we think about what it means to be united, we think that we have to keep all the plates spinning, make sure that everyone is happy and everyone always gets along. Like literally, you have to keep the plates spinning. All the different shapes and sizes and colors, cups and saucers and salad plates and dinner plates, platters, tiny teacups, big ones and medium ones and even little bitty tiny ones because that's what it's like in the body of Christ, Paul says. And so sometimes whenever you are spinning your plates in life, the red platter gets a bunch of attention because everyone wants to be like the red platter. And so for a while, everyone does what the red platter says you should do so you can be united together. But then that green dinner plate comes in. And so to keep that one spinning, the green dinner plate has some good ideas. And so for a while, all the attention gets shifted to that green dinner plate every once in a while. 
And all is good and everybody's happy and all the plates keep on spinning until that yellow teacup saucer comes in. It is small, but it is mighty, that yellow teacup saucer. And so he and she believes that they have better ideas than that green one and the red one. And so because you are the leader and you're trying to live in unity and keep everyone together, all of your focus goes to that yellow teacup saucer. And so while you're balancing the red and the green and the orange and the yellow, the striped and the plain and everything together, you're trying to keep everything together. And every once in a while, the plates start to slow down. And one one gets off kilter and some of them aren't looking so good. And the green one starts talking bad about the red one. And the red one is mad because the yellow one is getting all the attention and it's about to crash. And soon in the name of unity, you're working as hard as you can. And it's a train wreck. To be honest, it's actually a plate wreck. To be honest, it is hard and exhausting. Maybe you've been there before. All in the name of unity. Trying to please all the people. Whoever speaks the loudest gets the most attention. All in the name of unity. But in the letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says, It's not who speaks the loudest. It's not trying to please all the people. But for him, unity is about serving God. It is directing everything you have towards serving Jesus Christ with all the talents and gifts and plates that we have. Teachers and pastors and lawyers and factory workers, bakers and coffee makers, everyone together moving toward Christ. That is what unity is all about, Paul says. But this is hard because we like to please people. I like to please people, to be honest. We like everyone to be happy. and We like everyone to like us and love us. We want everyone to always get along and no one ever to be upset or angry. And so Paul gives us some practical tips on how to live in unity. And I don't want to be presumptuous, but I'm just going to say this is difficult. And so maybe you should write this down. Because I've written this down. If you want to pull out your phone and you can email it to yourself because we need to post these practical tips in our life every single day. The first thing Paul says is that we have to live with humility. That what we want is not the most important thing in the whole entire world. Our opinion may be ours, but it is not the only opinion. I'm sorry to tell you that. I mean, I don't don't mean to burst your bubble or anything, but, but our opinion is not the only opinion in the whole world. Jesus talked about this all the time, even on those days when the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest. Jesus said to them, the greatest among you will be a servant. All those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. For it's not about you and it's not about me, but it's about serving Jesus Christ. In fact, if you go around the country and around the world to some of the biggest and oldest churches, and and if you stop by and see their cornerstone that has like a date whenever that church was built, very often you will see the letters. Maybe you can't see them, but up here it says A-M-D-G. A-M-D-G. It's actually Latin. 
And what it means is ad majorem dei gloriam, which in English means to the greater glory of God. That that church in that year was built to glorify God. Our lives are built to glorify God. And so Paul says, live with humility if we want to live in unity. The second thing he says is that we have to be gentle with each other. Live with gentleness. Now, this is not something that we think of as a desirable quality. It's not something that we often teach the young children in our life. I mean, football practice is starting in our schools pretty soon, and I can't imagine a single football coach in town telling his linebackers, now when the ball is snapped, be gentle with each other. That is not a quality that we aspire to in life. I mean, Kirk Ferentz isn't going to be saying that, and Matt Campbell's not going to be saying that to anybody. But what it means is that we should be a little bit easier with each other and with ourselves. Because we are not yet perfect, and we don't have it all figured out, and some days are better than others. Some days all the plates spin in harmony, and some days they all come crashing to the ground. But we take it easy. As the psalm says, we are slow to anger, and we are abounding in steadfast love. The third thing Paul says is to live with patience. Now, some of us are as patient as can be. We are as cool as a cat. We let things just kind of roll off our back. We have no problems. We are easy, and life is always good. But then there are others of us who, on every single day, everything in life seems to grate on our very last nerve. I mean, I made a list. The internet is too slow. The construction around town is taking forever, and everywhere you go is blocked. Someone cuts you off in traffic. The milk at home is old. Your kids are tired. You are tired. Your boss is annoying. Your co-workers are annoying. I could go on and on and on and on with a list. But patience is a gift from God. It is allowing the Holy Spirit to fill your soul in realizing that you don't have to be in control. Because God is God. So that we don't have to be. And we allow the presence of God to fill our lives. And to trust that the worries of today are enough for today. And tomorrow will take care of itself when it comes. The last thing Paul says. One of the hardest things. Is that we should bear with each other in love. We may not always like each other. The green plate and the yellow saucer. And that red one may not always get along. There are some people in life that we would rather not hang out with. But Paul says we're called to bear with each other in love and love each other still. What this means is that we pray for those people in our life that get on our nerves. That we want the best for our enemies because they too are children of God We hope that God will fill the souls of the people around us, that even though they may be different, that God will bless their lives with good things too. And when we work on this, we find unity in Jesus Christ. Because it's not about pleasing people 
or serving their other agendas. It's not even about how many plates that we can spin at the same time, but it's about loving God together. Because Christ is the one who calls us by name and calls us his own. He redeems our life when we've gone astray. He's the one who builds us up and equips us with gift to serve. And he knits us together to be the kind of people that he needs us to be. This kind of unity is difficult. But it's the kind of life we're called to lead. Green plates and red saucers and purple teacups and styrofoam throwaways and paper plates and all of us all together. We live lives to glorify God and we live for his praise. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a new church home or searching for something beyond yourself, we hope you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We offer two styles of worship each Sunday. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m., featuring beloved hymns of the faith. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 a.m. and is led by our amazing band, In both services, you'll hear a sermon similar to the one you listen to today on the radio. Be welcomed at the Lord's table for communion and join with us in prayer and praise. During the summer, Children's Church is offered at our 1045 service. There's no better way to begin our week in worship, so we hope you will join us here at First Christian Church.
Shouts of action. 